Welcome to Opus Private Clients Wealth Style Podcast. All of the material discussed on our podcasts have specific themes, and that's to move your wealth and lifestyle forward, increase your purpose, and provide you with clarity and confidence. Opus's mantra is always forward. We have found that regardless of one's wealth, moving your lifestyle forward is the number one priority for our clients. On our podcasts, we'll share our rich 35 years of experience in designing strategies, share clients' experiences, and introduce resources that have positively impacted our clients. We trust that you will enjoy our direct, transparent, and realistic approach to positively impacting the quality of you and your family's lives. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Opus Wealth Style Podcast. Yeah, I'm your host today, Evan Wall, and happy to be joined by Hal Hirschfield. Uh, Hal, how are you doing today? Good. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. Well, uh, I, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. I first met you, Hal, or at least saw you speak at a conference, I guess it was about a year ago, maybe a little more than that, uh, at the current conference, if you remember. And I, immediately, I was just enthralled with your work and uh, just really interested in not only the coming book, but also just having a conversation with you. So uh, why don't we start by uh, instead of me doing a half-assed introduction, maybe just tell the audience uh, yourself uh, a little bit about your work, what you're doing, and uh, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, right on. Uh, yeah, so I'm a professor of psychology, uh, marketing, and behavioral decision-making at UCLA's Anderson School of Management. Uh, and so a lot of what I do is study why people have a hard time doing the things that they say they want to do, Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to financial decisions. Such a simple concept, right? Everybody knows, uh, you know, I, I should exercise every day and eat healthy and, you know, save money for the future. And we don't all do that. And you've done extensive work over your career on, uh, I guess, would you think, do you think of it as kind of life hacks uh, on, you know, just helping make better decisions, even if they are smaller ones? Yeah, I really like that term. I think it's smart because sometimes we think, oh, we've got to make these, you know, huge changes to our lives in order yeah. to get to where we want to be. And of course, that's, that's really hard to do, uh, you know, and we might have the motivation, but then to like, actually go through with it is hard. You know, a lot of what I've done, and a lot of what other, you know, behavioral scientists have done is to try to figure out, you know, what are the, you know, quote, unquote, easier ways to help people help themselves and you know mm -hmm. i i don't want to put too much emphasis on easy because none of these things are easy, easier though <laughs> easier it's, yeah that's yeah right. it's so you and correct me if i'm wrong but i believe it was through some fmri studies that you actually found that the way people think about their future selves is more akin to someone else than it is their selves did i did how did i do on that summary maybe you could expand on that you did a great job on that summary. That that's the that's the gist. You know, one of my early research studies used fMRI, functional MRI, um, to basically look at what happens in the brain when people think of their future selves. And one of the things that we found is that the brain activity that arises when we think of our future selves is more on par with the brain activity that arises when we think about other people. Which is, in some ways, it's striking because it really suggests that on some level our future selves may seem like other people. I, I Absolutely. And, you know, if you think, and it, if you just do a, like a simple think about yourself a month ago or a month from now, 
it's you, right? Like I, I don't have any, like it's, um, I, it's easy. Obviously it's easy to see in the past, but it's also like a month from now, my life's not going to be, it's likely, hopefully not going to be, you know, that much different than, than it is today, but 20, 30 years out into the future, like I, I, I totally get it. Like, and one of the things I loved about your book, at least I, I think this was in your book and maybe I got it somewhere else, but, uh, about the, the boat that gets every piece of it replaced over. Is that in your book? Good. Uh, yeah. so the concept is, and I'm sure you could do it better, but the concept is you start with the boat, you name it, Mary or St. Mary, whatever you're going to name it. And over time, over than over a long period of time, every inch of that boat, every floorboard, every nut and bolt gets replaced over time. And if 100% of the pieces get replaced in 10, 20, 30 years, however long it takes, is it the same boat? Is it the same boat when it was started? It doesn't have any of the same pieces. It's got the same name. And so is it the same boat? And I, you know, I, I don't think there's any uh, firm answer on that. Right. But I just love the, the, just to think about that for, for ourselves, because yeah. our, our cells are always changing, right? Like we're, our thoughts are always changing. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, the, the philosophers call this, you know, the, 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 the problem of the- Theseus is ship and it's exactly right. You can, can think about it with boats and it's just a fun sort of philosophical thought experiment, but then you start applying that same idea to ourselves and it becomes really sort of mind boggling to say, well, yeah, I my you know, the cells in my body have changed over. Like, yeah. you know, your name might've changed. You live in a different city. Are you the same quote unquote <laughs> as yeah. you used to be? And what about when it comes to the, to the years in the future, will you be the same? And it's, it's a very hard question to ask and answer. Yeah. But a good one to think about nonetheless. The, let, let's since <laughs> exactly. we're, we're a finance, uh, generally finance podcast to do other, other topics, but let's talk about the financial aspect of this. And so you've stated <clears throat> that the people who are more closely aligned with their future selves have amassed more money. You've commented that the auto enroll for 401k has been incredibly successful. We can speak a little bit about that. I'm curious, first of all, if you could just speak to, to those concepts, like why, why is it that people who feel more closer aligned with their future selves have made, I guess, what I would consider to be better decisions or amassed more money? And then on the 401k, the auto enroll on the 401k front, what are some other life examples we can apply that to? Sure. So uh, there's a couple of things at play here. So one is, yeah, we've found that people who feel more of a sense of overlap or similarity, emotional connection with their future selves have accumulated more assets uh, over time. Part of that, you know, we part of the thinking there is that, well, if I feel a closer relationship with my future self, I may be willing to do more things now to help them later. And that's, you know, the, there, there's all sorts of, we can get into the nuance, you know, but th- this that sort of relationship holds when you take into account things like age and education. We also probably need to recognize that these these things sort of operate together, right? So if I amass more savings, I may end up feeling more connected to my future self and vice versa, right? But because you're we're more really optimistic more about saying, your future, is that kind of the idea? Right. The, the, there's a couple of interesting questions here. So one is that, you know, what why are people who are more connected to their future selves accumulating more assets? So this is one of the things we find is that the people who feel a stronger sense of similarity and overlap with their future selves have accumulated more financial assets. In theory, part of the reason that this happens is that if I have a stronger relationship with future me, 
I'm more willing to do things today to make their life better off. And you can easily think of how that applies in the spending and saving space. Mm -hmm. Now, you also asked about auto-enrollment in 401ks. And now you put these things together. One of the things we know from a few decades of behavioral science is that if we automatically enroll someone in a 401k, in other words, I make the default that someone is enrolled and they have to then choose to opt out, Mm-hmm. they're drastically more likely to be enrolled. To con- to contribute because they don't have to make any change, make a decision to, to not contribute. In fact, they would have to take an action to not contribute. Exactly. It's it's kind of all about where the inertia lies. Uh, the, if the inertia, quo, yeah. if the status quo is that I'm already enrolled, then I'd rather stick with the status quo. If the status mm-hmm. quo is that I'm not enrolled and I have to take an action to enroll, then, well, it's easier to just- It's, it's what you said. It's easier. Enroll. It's easier to yeah. just leave it alone and- yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, where you sort of mix the two topics that we've been discussing here is that even if I'm an employer and I auto enroll my employees, I still have to make a decision about what is the appropriate contribution rate to auto enroll them at. Right. Mm-hmm. In other words, I can say, yes, you're involved, but are you involved at a 3% contribution rate of four, five, six, whatever it may be? Mm-hmm. Um, what's my employer match? There's all sorts of questions that arise here. You know, some, some employers have thought, well, if I start a little bit lower, maybe that'll increase the likelihood that people will stay involved and then gradually bump them up over time. Well, another way to think about this is if I auto enroll you at three or 4% and I want you to get to five, six, 7% even, then trying to enhance the bond that you feel with your future self, that may be a motivational tool that I can get to help bridge the gap between where I've auto-enrolled you and where I ultimately want you to be or where ultimately maybe you as the employee have told me separately that you would like to be saving more. Okay, so now there's still a gap there and I can try to close it. But going from zero to eight is probably probably a bit, bit much. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, that's a big shift, you know, this is also, by the way, this is also why auto escalation works really Mm -hmm. well. Auto Mm -hmm. escalation being, you know, (laughs) I get you to increase your rate, not now, but at your next pay raise. And so you don't feel it as much because your paycheck may stay relatively similar. uh, Your future self will deal with that. But yeah, you know, let him deal with it. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Speaking of multiple times throughout the book, the concept came back of writing a letter to your future self a video to your future self or one of the, the stories I absolutely loved was, and I don't want to give away too much of the book. The book was phenomenal. Everyone, you know, please go out and, and buy it or, or pre-order it. And, uh, and I should add that the first 10 people to, to reach out to, uh, to myself, uh, will get a free copy of the book. So, uh, first 10 anyway. So, but one of the, forget the, the name of the, of the gentleman, but he, if correct me if I'm wrong, he became sick. Uh, and he started feverishly writing letters to his family only to be open on yeah. future dates, such as the day he died, the day they got married, the day they had kids. And I just, I love that concept. I mean, just a, yeah. what a, what a cool concept. Yeah. Yeah. Arnie Johansson, he, he, um, he got diagnosed with ALS and he was ALS. writing all these letters, even, even to the point where he couldn't physically move. He was dictating them to a nurse. His, his kid at the time, uh, Ryan, didn't really even know what he was doing. But then the day Arnie died, Ryan uh, not only discovers his dad, but then about 10 minutes later, his mom hands him this letter. And it's a letter from his dad basically saying, you know, I know this is going to be a hard day. Here's all the things I want to tell you. And over 
he he's now in his late forties, I think. The son, yeah, and he's still getting these letters occasionally. Is he really for, for milestones that you know? Now he's older than his father was when his father died. So this has led him to create a company called Ever Present that makes the process of doing this sort of well. Now this is videos to yeah. Yeah, to 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 future offspring. I I just love the concept. I I get chills when I think of that. I yeah. I have three young kids, so to I mean, just the the lesson. Not and now I don't think I'm like some you know have this enormous wealth of knowledge, but like you know I'm I'm sure I've got some messages that I would like to impart on my my children and and even my future self. I when I I, re I read it in the book uh, or it was partway through the book and I put it on my calendar to write a letter to my future self. I didn't get around to doing it. And I still feel like it's a big undertaking, right? Because I'm not going to spend 20 minutes on it. Like I'm going to spend, you know, likely hours, many drafts, uh, whether it's to my future self, kids or or whoever. Well, you know, I can, can I jump in there. I, I think that is such an interesting thing, right? And that was to some extent the impetus for Ryan Johansson to create ever present because he really, he tried to do the same thing. He tried to like yeah. write a letter. He couldn't do it. Then he tried to do a video and he said, he, he sort of breaks, he, he broke down and the whole time. And it was like, just like he couldn't get through it. He's actually chief of police of a, of a small city in California. Interesting. And he's used police interrogation techniques to help make the process of right, you know, writing the quote unquote letter, making the video easier so that it's not like you have to sit down and write, you know, spend hours doing this thing. But like he gives prompts to say, here are the questions I want to ask you about quick, you know, uh, and I think the thinking here is that far better to have you do a 10 minute or 15 minute video that's got some of the highlights than to never do the video because yeah. you yeah, yeah, yeah. you're waiting for the period yeah. when you have six hours. No, you're, Who never yeah, has that. <laughs> exactly. No, you're so right. I'm why try and reinvent the wheel. I'm just gonna go to everpresent. It's everpresent.com, yeah. right? I'm yeah. just gonna I'm gonna do that. I I will do that. So so thank you for that. One mm -hmm. of the one of the things you also uh wrote about it was the you know you put on like the visual the VR glasses right and and look at their yeah. future selves. I think that's such an interesting concept, not just uh because I'm kind of like into tech and and VR kind of stuff, but now you know, fast forward that like uh, three years, five years, when it, when it's like actually going to be realistic, like when it when it'll actually look like you, like kind of a scary way. It's like yeah, you you really feel like you're gonna, you know, God, just don't let that artificial intelligence you know get out into the world. I think I know it's crazy because I mean, when I started doing this stuff with with you know these quote unquote age progression techniques, yeah. The, I mean, it was really basic, you know, and it's like, we, right. I, I, in fact, yesterday, my wife and I were cleaning out our um, garage and we came across some like a newspaper clip and it had some of these images in them. This is from now, this is from about 13 years ago. And it had an image of like what I would look like in my mid forties, which I now am. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, my, my wife sort of, yeah, it was like I, my wife didn't miss a beat. And she was like, wow, you, you, you look a lot older now. <laughs> <laughs> you know but i think now the technology is so much better that it's right you know yeah and it's, it's only getting be... better like in a you know a couple of years yeah. it's just gonna be wild oh my god maybe even less right yeah well um i've again i i've really uh enjoyed just the the thought experiment more than anything of of your future self and what i can do what we can do to help make better decisions are there, uh, you know, before we before we jump, are there any like key points that you want to make sure that people hear about or 
uh, you know, that you think would, would help them in this endeavor? Yeah. So I think there's a couple of things to keep in mind here. So one, you know, we've talked about the sort of age progression and the letters and videos. I, I think the key point here is not the technique itself, but the sort of machinery, what's happening underneath the hood. The, the idea here is to try to make our future selves as vivid and emotion as, as vivid and, and as emotional as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, especially on the financial advisor side, there's this tendency to think that the way I can get you to think emotionally about the future is to show you, you know, the, the compound interest graph. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that is emotional to people who work with numbers and analytics. Yeah. And yeah. analytics, but um, that probably to many people is not that emotional. It's, it's, yeah. it's dry, it's stats, it's a picture, it's a graph, but anything we can do to make the self more vivid, that's the type of thing that gets me to really connect to the the person I'm going to be. And then to try to take some actions now that will, that will make life a little bit better uh, in the years to come. I love it. I think, uh, well, uh, I appreciate the book. I appreciate all, all your work. Um, again, the book is called your future self, how to make tomorrow better today. Uh, please, you know, reach out. You're going to get some, uh, some free copies. So, uh, Hal, is there, if people want to learn more about you and, uh, you know, what you, what you're up to, where should they, where should they go? Yeah, sure. You can, course find me on linkedin or twitter but um also just go to halhirschfield.com and all the info about the book and my research is there and i'm always happy to connect with folks thanks thanks so much for doing this oh my pleasure thank you for coming on and uh to you the listening audience i always appreciate you if you wouldn't mind give us a like subscribe uh five star comments wherever all the good stuff and we read and appreciate every one of it uh we'll talk to you next time thanks thank you for listening to the wealth style podcast Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is intended for general public use. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or Opus Private Client, and opinions stated are their own. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Yvonne Watanabe and Evan Wool are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities LLC PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS member FINRA SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Yvonne's California Insurance License Number 0H44206. Evans California Insurance License Number 0H04936. Compliance Approval 2023 156227 expires May 2025.